What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. What's up? Thank you for tuning in. If you get any value out of this whatsoever, just as always, please share it out there. Hit the like button, leave a review, subscribe, do all of those internet things that you're supposed to do when you find good quality information. Uh, I really try hard to make these as valuable as possible, and I know that today will be helpful. So what we're going to talk about today are five habits that actually sabotage your weight loss. These are five things that I've seen people do over the years that can just lead to frustration and feel like you're putting in effort, but not reaping the results that you hoped for on your weight loss journey. So you could be doing these and still necessarily be doing everything quote unquote right, but these are the things that are holding you back. And it's not as... um black and white as you may think it is. It's not like you're binging out all the time or you're stopping at McDonald's all the time or anything crazy like that. These are just small habits that I've seen people do that can really just sabotage your results when it comes to weight loss. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is mindless snacks, bites, tastes just throughout the day. Now, I don't expect someone to be obsessively tracking every single morsel of food that goes into their mouth, but we are really wired to almost look at food that isn't a meal as it doesn't count. So I see this a lot, uh, you know, at, at the office with clients. Right, not that I work in an office, but um, clients at the office, right? There's a candy bowl at the desk or uh, at the secretary's desk and they walk by and they grab a couple Hershey kisses every now and then or maybe there's you know donuts in the break room or you know they're grabbing some chips out of the pantry while they're cooked dinner or that your your kids didn't finish their dinner and you have the rest of it before you because you don't want to waste the food um, little things like that can really add up throughout the day so before you start blaming your willpower or your discipline or your genetics or your hormones or your metabolism or your age for your reason for not seeing the body composition changes that you want or the weight loss results that you want, take a look at your day-to-day -day behavior. Uh, these are little tiny snacks and bites that can just add up throughout the day. It can be, you know, using peanut butter and then giving a big lick to the spoon after you're done. Uh, and that could be an extra 50, 60 calories right there which doesn't sound like much, right? But think about if you did little things like that eight to 10 times a day, that's going to be an extra 600 calories a day that you're not tracking and you're not aware of. And that could be the difference between losing weight and not losing weight. The average person needs to eat about 500 calories less than their maintenance calories in order to lose weight. So that means if you are, a, let's say, a typical female, and you need about 2,000 calories to maintain body weight. So you need to eat 2,000 calories a day to maintain your body weight. That means you would need to eat about 1,500, 1,600 calories a day to see pretty steady weight loss. Now think about if you're putting in the effort to track your food, you're putting in the effort to make diet changes, start eating healthier, focus on protein, you're working out more, and you're eating 500 calories a day of little snacks and bites and tastes throughout the day, and then you're not seeing results. It can be very, very frustrating because these are things that you're not paying attention to, so they're not taking up any mental bandwidth. You're putting all of your mental energy towards 
the stuff you are tracking, towards the habits you are changing, towards the work that you are doing. So it feels like you're doing everything right, which for the most part you are. But this can be the one thing that's kind of, you know, holding you back. Now, does this doing this occasionally like ruin your fat loss? No, I don't expect you to, you know, hesitate before you grab a piece of candy or feel guilty that you ate a French fry off your kid's plate or something like that. That's not a sustainable lifestyle. But if it is a habit of yours to you can't say no when there's donuts in the break room, you can't walk by the candy bowl without grabbing a handful. You can't not, you know, eat chips while you're cooking dinner. Those are things that can really, really add up to a lot of calories throughout the week. So again, if that's something that you relate to and you feel like you're doing that, it's not like you failed. It's not like you did anything wrong. You just got to work on it and try to find alternatives like eating bigger meals or just being more aware of when you're doing these habits. Habit number two is going to be constantly eating out. Um, You can 100% eat out at restaurants pretty regularly and see really good weight loss results. Like you can eat out one to two times per week and it's probably not going to ruin anything or hold you back in any way. Um, But if you're someone who's eating out five to 10 times per week and you may be like, no way, I don't eat out that much. I'm talking about like, you know, stopping at Dunkin' Donuts, stopping at Chipotle for lunch, going out to dinner on Friday, going to happy hour, going to a work dinner, going out a couple times on the weekends. Like it adds up. We're just not paying attention to it as much as you may think. Again, eating out, totally fine. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not going to make you gain 20 pounds overnight. But if you are not seeing weight loss results, but you feel like you're really putting in effort, you feel like you're tracking, you feel like you're even tracking when you're eating out, you're doing your best to do that, uh, it can still hold you back. Because when we eat out, when we eat out at restaurants, they're main motive is to make the food taste good and make you want to come back. Uh, The chef isn't going to be in the back going, well, Sally's really tracking her calories. So we got to make sure we're only using a tablespoon of oil in these veggies because, you know, we don't want to make, we want to make sure she stays on track today. That's completely unrealistic to think that that would happen. Uh, They're not going to be measuring out the sauce. Now, again, you don't have to be obsessive and anal about this. But if you're eating out a lot throughout the week and you feel like you're not seeing the results that you that you want, even though you're tracking it, this could be the problem. It doesn't mean you can't eat out. It doesn't mean that eating out is evil. It just means maybe we should save that for special occasions or for a meal that we're actually going to really enjoy. I like to really break up you know, food choices into you know, two different categories, right? There's the foods you eat out of purpose and there's the foods you eat out of pleasure, right? So most of the foods we're going to eat throughout the week when we're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, they're going to have some purpose to it. Um, It doesn't mean that they're not flavorful. It doesn't mean that they're not delicious, but their purpose of the food outweighs the taste of the food. Example, if I'm cooking uh, salmon and potatoes and green beans for dinner, that has a purpose to it. I'm trying to get a certain amount of protein. I'm trying to eat enough nutrients, micronutrients from the veggies. I'm trying to get a good starchy carb from the potato. There's a purpose to that meal. Now, I'm going to enjoy the meal. It's going to taste really good, but the purpose of it outweighs the taste. If I sat down and it wasn't my favorite thing or I didn't really feel like it in the moment, I'm going to eat it anyway. A meal for pleasure is, let's say me and my wife are going on a date night or I'm taking my wife and son out to dinner or we're going to make homemade pizzas. That's 
a meal that I'm eating out of pleasure. And now it does have some purpose to it because I'm, you know, engaging with my family or I'm going out to dinner with a friend or something like that. But the pleasure of the meal is outweighing the purpose because I can enjoy a meal with a friend or enjoy a meal with my wife and it doesn't necessarily need to be pizza, right? So the pleasure of the meal is outweighing the purpose on those. Now, I would like to break it up into doing 80% of the time you're eating out of purpose and 20% of the time you're eating out of pleasure. Now, if you really put things into those two categories, you have to ask yourself, is stopping at Chipotle three times a week for lunch really pleasurable? Is it something that you're like, oh my God, I love this. This is a meal that means something to me. Uh, I, you know, the way it's cooked, uh, there's something special behind it. I just really enjoy the taste that much where you need it three times a week. Probably not. Do we love and enjoy and put on a pedestal the wake up wrap from Dunkin' Donuts, you know, five times a week? I don't think so. Is the Panera salad like something that you cannot live without? No, these are foods we generally grab out of convenience or comfort or just habit. So if you break up the food into I'm either eating this because it has a purpose because it's getting me closer to my protein, and my calorie goal, or it has uh, main purpose or the main reason behind it is pleasure, meaning this is a meal that means a lot to me, uh, either emotionally or just something that I really enjoy the taste of and I want to eat it once in a while. Those are totally cool. But when we're eating out five times a week, guess what? Those aren't all special occasions. Those aren't all pleasurable meals that you are genuinely enjoying that experience and you love it and it just means something to you. You're doing it out of social habit, you know, out of uh, comfort, out of convenience. So minimize that down because when we're eating out, the calories are going to be way higher than we think, even if we're tracking. Uh, they're going to be dumping oil in there, which, you know, may not sound like a big deal, but if one tablespoon of oil has 110 calories, and think about if someone is making you a stir fry or you go to like a hibachi or something like that and you see them squirting the oil on there, that's like 300, 400, 500 extra calories just squirting onto your food that adds no, it doesn't satiate you anymore. It doesn't make you any more full, right? Uh, that's generally what happens when you're eating out. The food is meant to taste good. It's meant to you know get you to come back and eat more. It's not a, <laughs> a diabolical plot. It's just the chef is in the back who's cooking 100 fucking meals that night, he's not paying attention to whether or not you're hitting your protein that day, right? So there's going to be more oil in it. There's going to be more butter in it. There's going to be more calories in those meals than you, th than you think. And protein uh, is usually the most expensive part of the meal. So that's not going to be the part of the meal that you get the most, right? You ever go to a restaurant, you order um, the sea bass, and it's like, less than the size of your palm or something like that, right? It's uh, Or you order salmon or you order steak and it's a really small piece. They're not going to just give you this huge serving of protein. It's generally, the serving of protein is going to be lower and the calories are going to be higher, which is kind of the opposite of what you want if you're trying to eat for weight loss. So try to minimize eating out down to one or two times a week and make those meals mean something, make it special, and make it something that you're genuinely doing out of pleasure, not just out of convenience or comfort. Number three uh, is going to be liquid calories. So people can easily, easily consume 500 extra calories, 1,000 extra calories a day from liquid. Liquid calories meaning calories that are like soda, 
alcohol, alcohol mixers, juice, coffee creamer. Uh, these things really add up. I'll even throw things like olive oil in there because you can drizzle that onto your food and not really feel any more full like we talked about, but it's going to add a ton of calories. I mean, the average person probably adds 300 calories of coffee creamer to their coffee every morning. And if you don't believe me on that, I know that you think you use two servings of coffee creamer, but weigh out or measure out one serving of coffee creamer, which is like three tablespoons, I think, and throw that in your coffee and watch it barely change the color of it. And then compare that to what your coffee normally looks like and see how much you're actually putting in. Because if you're putting in a half a cup or a cup of creamer, unknowingly, you're just dumping it in there. Um, that's easily another 300 calories that you're not accounting for in your day because you're tracking it as four tablespoons when in reality it's a whole fucking cup, right? Um, even things like alcohol, right? We can drink alcohol and lose weight. That's totally fine. Uh, but we want to moderate it. If we're drinking a bottle of wine three nights a week, each bottle of wine is probably 700 calories. And then that's an extra 2,100 calories a week in wine that doesn't fill you up. And let's be honest, when you're drinking wine, you're not just drinking wine. You're probably snacking. You're probably grabbing something to go with it. You get a little hungrier. You get a, your inhibitions go down. Um, it's just not the best environment for fat loss if your goal is fat loss. Now, I always like to talk about realistic expectations. If you straight up tell me, hey, I'm going to drink wine every single night, two glasses, and it's not going to change, that's your decision, and that's totally fine. But you have to go into that with the expectation it's probably not going to be best for my weight loss, and I'm probably going to either have a little bit of a harder time losing weight, or I have to accept the fact that maybe I'm going to hit you know, a weight loss plateau pretty easily, and if I'm cool with where I'm at, I'm cool with my body, I'm cool with my uh, lifestyle, then that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. You just have to decide for yourself what you actually want out of the process. I only bring this stuff up because if you're frustrated or complaining that you're not seeing the results you want, these are areas where you need to address. If you are cool with where you're at and you don't want to change, that is fine too. It's not wrong if you are like, I'm having my coffee creamer and I'm having my wine and you can't tell me any different. That's cool. You don't have to change. But if you complain about not losing weight or that you're frustrated that you're not seeing results, these are the things that you're probably going to have to work on. Um, but with the liquid calories, what I would do is moderate it down. You know, there's certain things that I just would take out. I think the the popular thing now is to say, that like, you know, you, you don't have to eliminate anything from your diet to lose weight. And I think that's untrue to a certain extent. I think there are some things you probably need to kick. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're evil or wrong, but they probably just don't provide any value to you. Like, I don't necessarily think that the little, like we talked about with the, um, the mindless kind of snacks that you eat throughout the day or like the stops at Dunkin' Donuts for a wake up wrap. I don't think those are things that are genuinely adding value or pleasure to your life. You're just kind of doing them and you don't really necessarily even enjoy it when you're having it. Same thing with the liquid calories. Like if you're drinking a Mountain Dew with lunch every day or you're drinking, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, Natty Lights or something, some shitty beer multiple times per week and you've convinced yourself that you need that in your life, uh, 
is it really adding pleasure? Are you actually enjoying it? Like, would you rather have two glasses of wine twice a week and it's a really good wine that you like and you're having it with someone you enjoy spending time with or maybe it's just been a long week and you need some alone time and you're just going to chill and watch a, a Netflix show and have two glasses of wine by yourself. Would you rather like enjoy it in those moments or do you genuinely feel like if you're having wine every single night that you're genuinely enjoying it or has it just become a habit? So really think on that. Are the calories that you're intaking that are holding you back stuff that are worth keeping around, that you're genuinely enjoying them, or are you just acting out of habit? Uh, number four is going to be skipping breakfast. Uh, not that skipping breakfast is the most evil thing in the world, but... Um, if you are trying to eat enough protein during the day and you are spending the first four hours of your day not eating protein, uh, it's going to make it a lot harder. Okay, So if you need to eat 150 grams of protein a day, let's say as a, a female you're trying to get 120 to 150 grams of protein and you skip breakfast and you wake up at 6 and you don't eat till 11, those first five hours – it's just going to make it harder to hit your protein goal now because now you're going to eat maybe two meals and a snack the rest of the day and you're going to have to try to get all this protein when it's not really like your favorite thing to eat and maybe you're not used to it yet. Uh, and what does that lead to? It leads to under-eating protein, protein deficiency, under-eating certain nutrients during the day. You're already stressed out all day and you're skipping breakfast and then 3 o'clock comes and you're starving and that's when the mindless snacks happen. That's when the post-dinner uh, eating happens. So I, I don't like to just make definitive claims like, oh, skipping breakfast is going to cause you to gain weight. It's about behavior. If you're someone who skips breakfast and then eats enough calories throughout the day to keep them satiated but also in a slight calorie deficit, if you're eating enough protein throughout the day and you're not you know, ra uh, raiding the pantry every night and overeating snacks – that's cool. Yeah, that's how, if that's what you want to do. But if you're every night raiding the pantry, getting sugar cravings, eating after dinner to the point that you're like just f so full and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, then maybe having some protein in the morning is going to really help offset that. Think about if you, by 11 o'clock you're already a third of the way to your protein goal for the day. How much easier is it going to be to hit your protein goal that day? Think about if you get to 3 p.m. and you're not starving and you feel pretty good and you're going for like a workout after work or something like that. Skipping breakfast and going all the way to midday without eating anything, I've seen leads to a lot of sugar cravings, erratic eating, mindless snacking, overeating uh, at night, a lot of that stuff. And all of it can be fixed with just eating 30 to 50 grams of protein first thing in the morning. So if skipping breakfast is genuinely adding value to your life and making your life more pleasurable, then fine. But for most people, that one behavior of skipping breakfast is leading to later on in the day overindulging, over snacking, having sugar cravings. So if you would like to fix that, then maybe you should try eating some breakfast. Last one. This one is more of a uh, physical behavior than a food behavior. But it's neglecting your non-exercise activity. So you've probably heard of the term NEAT before, uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This just basically means uh, 
movement that you're doing that doesn't have to do with working out. That is uh, adding calorie burn to your day. So for a lot of people, that's just aiming to get 10,000 steps a day was a good way to increase this. But why is this important? Well, because we've just become sedentary as human beings. Right now, I'm sitting on a couch recording this uh, as part of my job, but that's I'm sitting. I'm not being active right now. Uh, so to give you an example, right, I'm a trainer. Uh, I'm an online coach, but I also do in-person sessions too. So I'm on my feet usually from 5 a.m. to, say, 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I work out four or five days a week. I get 10,000 steps a day. I also coach a couple of like group classes throughout the week at night. So that's another couple hours on my feet a few times a week. Uh, and I try to go for walks, all that stuff, right? And I don't consider myself an active person. Uh, people think active means, oh, I work out. Active has to do with your overall lifestyle. What is from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed? How active are you? How much are you moving? So someone who works uh, in like construction or landscaping or something like that, and they're out and about all day, those are active people. Those are people doing physical labor jobs. Uh, if you're if you have a desk job and you're sitting most of the day, it doesn't matter if you crush a workout. You're not an active person. Now I'm not saying that you should not work out, obviously, but what's going on the other 23 hours of the day? So let's say you sleep for seven hours. I would let I would love to say eight, but most people sleep for like seven. You sleep for seven hours and then you sit uh, at work most of the time for like the for eight hours. That's 15 hours of the day. And then most of us are also sitting in our car, driving to work, driving home from work, sitting on the couch at home, watching TV. So like you're sitting just so many hours throughout the day. If you can increase the amount you move throughout the day, you will drastically see differences in body weight, body composition, just overall health. It just builds a overall healthier lifestyle you need to move throughout the day and i understand that it's difficult especially if you work a job where you're you're at a computer and you have stuff that you need to do at a computer but there are ways around it one is if you work in an office is just going to be like every hour trying to move for 10 minutes uh it could be walking the steps or just walking around the office or acting like you have to go to the bathroom and walking to the bathroom, walking back, but just get up every hour and, and walk around or a, like um, track it. So like for every hour that you sit, add 10 minutes of walking at some point during your day. So let's say you're just slammed all day and you got to be at your desk all day. Okay. Wow. From uh, a lot of this is just awareness, being aware of it. If you're like, wow, from uh, noon to five, I was just at my desk for that whole time okay, that's 50 minutes. I owe 50 minutes of walking when I get home. So walk around the block for 50 minutes. Take your dog for a walk. Go for a walk with your spouse. Like Use it as a time to unwind, to connect. Instead of sitting at the, the kitchen island, drinking a beer, drinking wine, go for a walk with your spouse. Go for a walk with your kids. Get outside. Move a little bit. Uh, and do it for about 10 minutes for every hour that you sat down. And that's a good place to start. As you do this and you see the value, what you're going to realize is, oh, wow, I can still get shit done uh, even when I'm making time for walking. If anything, I'm probably more productive because I feel a lot better. But if you continue to just go, well, no, I can't do it. 10,000 steps is too difficult. Then you're just going to stay stuck. I've seen people who are working out consistently. They don't miss workouts. 
they're tracking their food, they're hitting their calories, they're hitting their protein most of the time, and they're just stalling with their results. And it's because they're only getting 3,000 steps a day. They're only getting 4,000 steps a day. You gotta find a way to increase those steps. You gotta move more. And it, at first, it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable because you're gonna have to make room for this new habit, but start small. You don't have to get to 10,000 steps right away. How can you get another 1,000? And another 1,000 isn't that much when you add it up throughout the day. So if you only get 3,000 steps a day, how can you get 4,000? Once you get to 4,000, how can you get five? Start looking for opportunities. Track it if you need to. But getting more steps throughout the day is huge. You can even do things like adding uh, some mobility or a five-minute warm-up to your workouts or a five-minute cool-down or a 10-minute walk before and after every workout. Like Doing things to move more is super, super important. It's just going to increase the amount of calories you burn throughout the day. But again, not everything is about weight loss, even though this is about weight loss. Not everything's about weight loss, though. It's going to get your blood pumping. It's going to get your mind moving. It's going to be great for your hormonal response. It's going to be great for your metabolism. It's going to be great for your overall health. You're just going to feel better if you move more. I feel the worst when I'm not moving. Right now, 25 minutes in, and I can just feel my hips are a little tight. My low back's a little tight. My shoulder's a little rounded forward because I'm leaning into the microphone. Like, I've been sitting for 25 minutes, and I'm just like, ah, I just ate before this, right? So I was sitting when I was eating. And it's just like, I've just been sitting for too fucking long. I got to move around. So I really see the value in this. It's super, super useful. And it's just great for your overall health. You really can't give me a good enough reason other than you physically can't walk unless you are physically confined to a wheelchair and your legs don't work you can get 10,000 steps a day because i've seen people in wheelchairs in the gym working out and if someone who's who's confined to a wheelchair can make their way to the gym and work out and do what they can and you have two working legs don't tell me you can't get 10,000 steps don't tell me it's too hard you can you're taking your, you're taking your legs for granted and I've worked in gyms for a long time, and I've seen plenty of people, like I said, in wheelchairs or on crutches or on walkers coming into the gym and doing what they can with you know the limbs that they do have working. And you have two working legs, and you're just going to tell me that 10 ounces of is just too hard. You just don't have the time. And I'm not saying that to be mean or to be blunt, but I'm trying to help you out here. Like You can fucking do it. You have two working legs. You can get 10,000 steps a day. And it's one of the most useful amazing invaluable things that you can do for your weight loss and your overall health is just to walk more it's probably the best form of exercise that you can do so start doing it don't tell me that you can't get 10,000 steps a day because i know that you can there's time for it you have the ability to do it because you can walk it requires no extra skill no extra learning you just gotta make the time for it and you'll get that 10,000 steps and once you start doing it regularly you'll feel way better you'll start seeing the scale move a little bit more you'll make better food choice like it just creates this new cycle of behavior but i'm telling you as someone who's been on both sides of it i've been on the side where i'm getting 10,000 steps a day and i've been on the side where i've been at a desk too long and being at a desk and sitting for too many hours a day makes me feel god-awful. Just I don't like it, and I can just physically feel it when I've sat too long. So if you're stuck in that hamster wheel of sitting too much every single day and you, can, you just are used to feeling that way, let's get you moving more. Let's get 10,000 steps a day. And again, if you have two working legs, you can do it. So those are the five things that I see most commonly that hold people back from 
seeing weight loss results, even though you're tracking your food, even though you're doing your workouts, if you're doing one of or all of these other five things, it can really hold you back from seeing results. So if these resonated with you, start working on them. Take the tips that I used, reach out for questions, drop a comment, email me, whatever you got to do to get started. I'm willing to help you out. But thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And I hope this is useful. I'll talk to you next time.